episode number 102, recorded on July 7th at Looney's Comedy Corner. Actor and stand-up comedian Dan Davidson is in the Springs. They're like, oh man, you should be a comedian. That's when I was like, oh, what? This is a thing? Yeah, I always did it in a comfortable place. Hmm, hmm, maybe. Sweetie, do you mind if I'm gone half the time? Dan Davidson, you're in the Springs, man. I'm in the Springs. Welcome. Again. Again. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Thanks for doing this. Now, I understand you were kind of a last-minute fill-in this um, week. Is I, that... I really didn't want to talk about that, Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to make it sound like I was, I was supposed to be here for like years. And then you're like, no, um, somebody else waiting. was supposed to be here, but you happen to be not working. <laughs> That is correct. That is correct. I was. Uh, I just got a text from Eric, uh, Eric um, on Tuesday night. He said, "Are you working?" I'm like, "Let's do this." Nice, uh, nice. Now, how often do you get down here? I I was doing. I was coming down probably once a year um, in December. I seem to be always in December, and it's. I don't know why, because usually you want cleaner acts in December so you can book corporate parties. Right, I, right. And uh, but I, I don't think they mind here. It's like. Um, so I was here almost every December, like the beginning of December. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Well, let's go back a little bit. Tell me a little bit about your background, how you got into comedy and where you're at now. And I all got that into, com- I, I knew in eighth grade I wanted to do comedy. I, I, my dad was always funny. Um, I always told jokes, you know, I, I was pretty decent at telling jokes and, and just sharing experiences that I had with uh, other students and they would just always laugh and stuff. So they'd always be saying something like, um, they, they're like, oh man, you should be a comedian. And then my teachers would say the same thing, but what do you think you are, a comedian? You know, <laughs> very, very negative, <laughs> positive from one side, negative from the other right, side. Right. And then, um, you know, I was I was raised in the Bible, so I um, like we had to go to church at gunpoint. My mom was going to make us good children. Right, right. Now, where was home for you at that time? Indiana, okay, uh, small town, Lafayette, Indiana. Okay, um, and so uh, I, I always had to go to bed. I was the youngest of six, so I always had to go to bed at like seven, seven thirty. Where I could hear the neighborhood kids playing, you know, and it's like, <laughs> you go to sleep now. It's like, they're out there having fun. <laughs> um, so ultimately, uh, in eighth grade, I ended up, uh, I had, I had diarrhea <laughs> the night before school, and I was not going to go to school the next day. So I was allowed to stay up and watch. I watched Johnny Carson, and oh, I saw this dude, this dude go up and just talk and be funny. Yeah. And I was just like laughing really hard. And so my mom's like, well, you're not sick enough to miss school. <laughs> so I had to go to school with my ailment. Um, and it was pretty awesome because I got to do Charlie Callis as the, the comedian that I saw. I got to go to school and like mock and do what he did. And, and so I got a bunch of laughs just from being silly like him. And, and he probably had more influence on me than anything because he was a very physical comedian. And then, you know, I'm like, people see me there. I'm very animated and very physical. 
and they're like uh, a lot of people just default and say hey you look like Jim Carrey but and Charlie Callis was old the original, school. Yeah. Old school. So prior to seeing the, the Carson show, did you have any idea that, wait, I can make a living doing no, no, this? No, no, no. I had no idea. Gotcha. Wasn't even a thing. You know, it's, it's like, because after he got done with his set, he went over and paneled with Johnny. And Johnny's like, so you just travel around the clubs and you, and you, and you make money doing this? And that's when I was like, oh, what? This is a thing? Yeah. The counselors at school aren't talking about this. You know, they're not trying to push me into comedy. Um, so then it was just, a, it was just like in the back of my mind, just kind of stuck back there. And then, yeah. and then I started, um, when I went to college, um, didn't do so well. I wasn't doing so well. Cause I was, I was, the only thing I was good at in school was cheating. <laughs> I became very proficient at cheating. I knew how to cheat, you know, but like I was in a small town school where you knew everybody. Yeah. And it's just like, you know, if I was in geometry class and Shauna McCann's right there, I'm like, Shauna, move your arm. You know, just move your arm. <laughs> you can't do that right, at, right. at an institution when there's 2,000 people in the classroom with you. Yeah. You know? And so you can't tell a stranger to move his arm. <laughs> hey, I'll tell you where the good party is this weekend. Right, right. <laughs> so uh, I didn't do so well in college and because I, I didn't have the discipline, the yeah. uh, educational skills to, to focus. You know, I, I knew how to cheat. Now, were you pursuing entertainment-related not at that time, no, no. Because no. I knew I had to do comedy, but I was scared to death of it because yeah. I failed almost all of my speeches in, in uh, high school, junior high and high school because I could not talk in front of people. I could not stand in front of people I knew. Right, right. And talk. And so it just, my just voice would get choked. I just choked. I mean, and sometimes I'd just stand there and be silent. You know, we had to do like certain speeches had to be three to five minutes. And my, <laughs> my teacher is going to shame me. Yeah. He says, you might as well talk since you're up there. But I'm like, I can't, you know. Wow. So I, he would just make me stand there and I'd watch the clock and I'd get an F and, and, then, and then go on. So I was scared to death to do stand up. Right, right. So when I, um, I started uh, like doing the research and finding out where the open mics were and, you know, calling. And that's, that's a, just to dial those numbers, I mean, is just nerve wracking. And this was still in Indiana? Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. This, yeah, this was uh, my first open mic was at a club called crackers in indianapolis okay and um and i called that club and i'm like what what do i gotta do it's with you so how's the i didn't even know what questions to ask so i ended up uh telling all my friends you know it was an hour away drive I'm, I'm, i'm going down i'm going down i'm gonna do this i'm gonna do it i drove all the way down there i didn't even i got off the interstate at the right exit and did just a big loop, got back on the interstate and went home and went home. Cause I'm like, I can't do it. I can't do it. I'm not ready. I'm not ready. <laughs> then the next week I told my friends, Hey, I'm doing it this week. I'm doing it this week. Yeah. I, I got down, I got into the parking lot of crackers comedy club and I just sat there and I saw this comedian guy who was, who used to host the open mic night. Cause I had gone in to watch before. <laughs> and I'm like, that's the guy. And he, he, he looked at me in my car and I'm like, ah, I can't do it. I can't do it. I gotta go. I'm leaving. So I just pull out and leave. And so then the third week, I was telling him, hey, man, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I'm really going to do it this time. Everybody's like, whatever. And then my roommate and my brother showed up. And I'm like, oh, no, shit, I have to do this. Yeah. Because they both made the trek down right, here. Right. So I uh, got up there, and I don't really remember what I did. But uh, I know I did a Jay Leno impression that before, this was with Jay Leno before he was like, 
big. Right, right. He was only big in comedy circles. Um, so I did that. And I remember the comedians all in the back laughing at that. Um, but, you know, when you get up there, you don't know. You, you don't know how bright those lights are right, until you right. get up there. And then it's like, that's the first thing you see. On, you can just, a newbie, any newbie gets on stage. They're just squinting and, <laughs> hi, you know. Just, Trying to duck under yeah, the lights. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah so. so was it just the, the stage fright element, going, you know, kind of going back to junior high and high school that was making it difficult to go on stage? I mean, did you feel like, hey, I, I'm a funny guy and I've got some funny things to say. I just don't want to do it in front of strangers. Yeah, I always did it in a comfortable place. Right. I always did it in the back of the classroom. I always did it with my buddies who yeah, I yeah. knew. They had the same sensibilities as me um but to to do it in front of strangers that and that is a muscle that needs to you have to understand that dynamic and and to to understand that i mean you have to be put down i got put down a lot you know it's just like um like i remember one time i was you know i, I was i had moved to chicago started doing comedy full time this was you know probably two or three years after my first open mic night and i remember going on stage and I was talking about uh, the gay parade that was in Chicago and some woman's like in the crowd be careful and, and I'm just like I let that get to me because I wasn't ready to deal with that type of stuff yet Yeah. and then I, you know I just went home and just relived it just her saying that over and I'm like what does that mean what does she mean by that and then what did it do to me and then ultimately if you know what you're saying and why you're saying, those people can go to hell. Right, they right. They fuck off, you know? Yeah. And that's where I'm at now. You know, I mean, I, I care to a certain degree what, how people, the, the comfort of people, but that's not my primary thing. You know, I'm going to express what I want to express. Yeah. And I know why I'm going to say it. And if you happen to like it, awesome. If you don't, okay. Right. You know, I'm okay with it. <laughs> yeah. So, um... Well, going, yeah. going back to the open mic experience, one thing that's come up on this podcast quite a bit is when comics first start out, mm -hmm. typically that first, second, third, tenth time aren't great, oh. you know, where you don't remember oh, yeah. what you're saying, like, you know, but you'll hear a smattering of laughs, and so you'll feel like, but what, what is it that made you continue to do it? Because oftentimes if you go after something and that first experience is like, that was a, that was a nightmare. Why? It wasn't a nightmare because, all, I mean, all it takes is one mediocre laugh yeah. and then our the prisms in our brain turn it into a thunderous surprise <laughs> and because that's what I do I remember going to a restaurant with my roommate after that and I'm like we're sitting there in a, some breakfast joint and he, I'm like we're sitting there eating he's like hey man that's pretty cool you know blah 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 and I'm like did you hear what they said did, did when I said that thing about the lawn boy and there, he's just like, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, no, <laughs> it was huge. You know, so it, it becomes like, um, it's this, this, it's a drug, you know, it's just like anything else. Right. That, that, it, it, it spits out endorphins in our brains or whatever, and which is a drug. And so that's like, oh, that felt awesome. Yeah. That felt, that little bitty thing felt awesome. And I want to keep feeling that little bitty thing. Right, right. So at what point? I mean, because it sounds like you progressed and stayed focused pretty quickly. At what point did you realize, yeah, this this is what I'm going to go after? Um, I kind of, you know, I went the next week, even though, you know, it's, I'm like, I, I have to keep doing this. I have to keep doing this. I know I have to. I I, I want to just sit back and go, oh, that was awesome. But I, it, it, that's all it was, was just one experience. So yeah, I'm yeah. like, I knew that this was what I was going to do. I just didn't know how to go about doing it. 
Um, so, you know, I just kept hitting all the open stages that I could get. And um, eventually, you know, you run into other people, like-minded people. This a friend of mine, uh, he's just like, we got to go. We got to move to Chicago. We got to go because we, we, we've, we've met enough comedians from Chicago. They all said they're going to help us out when we go. So him and I moved up to Chicago. It's really poor planning because I mean I had made no phone calls before I right. <laughs> packed up the <laughs> truck. I'm like, give me, I'm like, give me, you know, I saved up money for probably about six months or something before we left, and we went up there, and I had nothing on the books, nothing at all, zero. And so I just had to start dialing these people that I had their phone numbers, and they all kind of just, oh, yeah, you know, here, yeah, I'm not as in with the, you know, all these excuses and stuff. <laughs> but there was one guy, one guy, this guy named Paul Gilmartin. He was my f- favorite of all the Chicago guys that I had met. And he, um, you know, I've, I'm like, oh, I don't want to call him because I respect him. Right. <laughs> it was like women, you know. So I just like, I can, I can I have sex with a woman as long as I don't respect him. You right. know? Uh, so I called him in the last, and he's like, hey, are you going to be home for uh, the next 15 minutes? I'm like, Paul, I'm going to be here the rest of my life. Right. <laughs> I am not leaving. So he's like, he comes back, and then he's like, call this guy, call this guy then, da, 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 da. And all of a sudden, my, you know, I started booking stuff. And I was only trying to get MC work at right. that point, you know, because MCs made pretty decent money. It was a Tuesday through Sunday at most of the clubs there in town. Um, so then I, you know, I get quoted by some of the bookers of the money that they're, I'm like, that's it's a lot more money than I was making down in Indianapolis, you know. Um, and then it turned out it was to middle. So I'm like, oh, shit, I, I don't have, you know, 25 to 30 minutes. So I had to take... I had to find some really junky clubs and go out and like, yeah, hey, yeah, I need can I work this? You know, I, I got it, I got it. I, and so luckily, I had I got to a couple you know C rooms that let me get up and spread my wings a little bit, nice. and so I can, yeah, do that. So yeah, I, it was kind of a friend of mine that kind of pushed me into the full time. Yeah, and he's no longer doing it. <laughs> is that right? <laughs> that is correct. He, he just came out and stayed with me a couple weeks ago. He's he's in the insurance world. <laughs> is that right? Oh, that's great. Yeah, yeah. Now, when did you start going on the road? Because, I mean, just based on, you know, kind of looking into your background a little bit, you're on the road quite a bit. You're doing some work uh, overseas mm-hmm, within mm-hmm. the last several years. So when did that that evolution take place where it's like, okay, I'm getting out of Chicago and I'm going to go to different markets. Well, and- I mean, you, you have, you had to, I couldn't just rely on Chicago. Even there was a lot of old time Chicago comics that didn't leave the Chicago land area. Cause at that time there were, I think there were 20 some cl- 20 plus clubs, at least a Friday, Saturday or more that, you know, these lo- the local headliners could just keep bouncing around from suburb to suburb, you know? Wow. Um, and so, they kind of kept that work, you know, so it's like, and there's a, enough local guys that have already been rooted and were raised there that have already networked that were filling up all the, the MC local spots. So, I mean, I had to, I sometimes had to drive to like from uh, Chicago to Omaha to go do a guest set. You know, that's eight, nine hours, yeah. if, I, if that's what I remember. Um, and then, you know, and then I get a MC week, you know, it's like, woohoo, right, you know, right. and that's, you know, two fifty, three hundred bucks to, oh, to drive all the way out there. And, and so, but what happens is you don't realize you start networking with people, Yeah, you know, with other com- comics that like you and they're like, Hey, I'm going to be working here when, and it just, it just started filling up. So, and then, and then just start climbing up the ranks, you know, and then. 
And ultimately, that, like going to the Middle East was probably one of my favorite things to do, yeah. to go perform for the troops. Um, just because it allowed me to see the stuff that we would, I'd never see otherwise. Yeah. I would never go to Dubai. You know, I, it's like you hear about Dubai and it's like you go there. And it's like, oh, this is opulent. And it's, it's mostly empty. It was when I went. Um, and I can't imagine it's much better now because I went there well, shortly after the crash. It was like 2010, I think it was. Okay. Somewhere, somewhere in there. And, or maybe it was 2012. Um, and so they had put all this money into building this place and then just, they didn't have any, they thought it was going to be like the new Hong Kong, the, the financial capital of the world. Right. And it just didn't, you know, there was a huge crash. So it's just an yeah. oasis in yeah. the desert. Yeah. yeah. Pretty buildings. <clears throat> pretty awesome buildings. Wow. Yeah, so. so going back to when you first started going on the road, you had mentioned kind of, you know, doing a road gig to Omaha just to get a guest set, just to get the MC set. Mm-hmm. And you were kind of building that network. Mm-hmm. D- did did sort of the business part of stand-up, I mean, did you feel like you started to find a rhythm with, okay, now I need to try to get in with this booker or this club or this yeah, comic? Yeah, I was never good at business. <laughs> I was Another never, thing that comes up a lot yeah, on the I'm podcast. Sure it yeah, does. I'm, yeah. It's just like you kind of stumble into some good shit. Yeah, <laughs> you yeah, know, yeah. That's kind of the way it goes. Um, I mean, there are sensible people probably that, are, that, that, that break down, this is what I want, this is how I'm going to get it. Um, I wasn't one of those people. <laughs> I was just like, oh, cool, this thing over, you know, I was like a tumbleweed, wherever the wind was blowing. <laughs> shiny yeah, yeah. yeah. Hey, over there, yeah. <laughs> um, so, you know, a lot of it's like a necessity. It's like you, you have to fill up your schedule, you know, you got to eat. And so you're like, you got to take gigs you don't want to take, you know. And so you just get on the horn, start plugging, hey, so-and-so told me, that, did you be blah 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 And so that, that's the way it kind of worked out for me. I, I don't, I'm, I would imagine it's pretty similar for yeah. most of the guys. Well, and you're doing quite a bit of acting work as well. Yeah, I, I moved to Denver uh, in uh, 2010, and you know I, there was no acting schools. I always, you know, I got with an agency when I was back in Indianapolis, um, and I, the first thing that I got, I uh, it was a national commercial, and I was the only one speaking in it, and it was pretty big deal. You know, I was I. I they called and said, hey, you booked the part. And I'm like, oh, um, okay. And they're like, hey, you, are you available this day? And I'm like, well, no, I'm not. And I'm in Reno, and I'm it's at a casino. is playing pretty good money. So I'm like, I'm, I'm not going to cancel that gig for this thing. Right. And they're like, okay, hold on. Let's call it. We'll call the client, see if they're willing. They switched the date for me. And I'm like, oh, wow, this, this acting thing is nice. Um, but then when I got on set, I didn't know what I was doing. I had no idea what I was doing. I never did theater. I never did anything in high school. I was just a smart ass. That's all I was. Right. So I get on set, and it's at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway, but there's 250 extras there because they're filling up. They're trying to fill up the stands to make it look like the stands are full. Oh, my God. And, and so... Um, we did all the sh- all the shots, and then it came around to when we're going to shoot my lines. And I just thought I was going I was going to just say the line once, <laughs> and we're going to wrap up and get out of here, <laughs> just clueless. And so I'm like, uh, I say my line, and they're like, cut, reset. And I'm like, oh, oh, what happened? And there, and so I had two two kind of kind of main extras that were next to me. And this one guy, he, he, he used to live in Los Angeles and did a bunch of stuff. And he's like, oh, no, they just, just got to reset and do it again. And so you reset the whole thing, and boom, cameras coming from across the racetrack, and it's got to hit me right at the right time. And, 
And so the cut, reset, cut, reset, cut, reset. Oh and so you, you, don't, you don't know that it's because an airplane is going over and that right, ruined the right. sound or there's a cloud that went right over your face. So they don't tell you that. I don't know that. So, so do you I, think you're screwing I'm, up? Or? Every time I hear cut, reset, is like failure. <laughs> He's failing. And so I just, I just, I went back to my speeches. <laughs> my, my, my ch- I'm choking. I'm, I'm saying my line. And then one of the extras, the experienced extra was right next to me. He's like, uh, hey guys, um, uh, I, I can do this if you if Dan can't do it, you know. I'm like, what the shit, man? You're throwing me under the bus. You know. First gig. So I uh, when I came out to Denver, I, I found some acting classes. Nice. And I'm, so I'm like, I'm gonna I'm gonna learn how to do this thing, and I've probably done two, uh, probably three or four national spots since I've been here. Um, in Colorado, and and is that all based out of Denver? You're getting work, or are you traveling to LA, that, New York no, to do it? That's or? all out of Denver. Nice, that's all out of Denver. And I, well, I just um, in the last year got an agent down in New Mexico. They do a lot of shooting of television and films down there. Right, right. So I'm like, I, I want to kind of get out of the commercial, not get out of the commercial stuff, but I want to do more theatrical work uh, on screen. And so, you know, New New Mexico is like one of the best markets in the country outside of New uh, uh, New York and Los Angeles. So it took me a while to get kind of going down there and you nice. know, go to the casting uh, workshops and stuff and show them what you can do. Yeah, yeah. And so that's where I'm going right now. That's where most of my energy is um, to try and go grab a bunch of credits down there. I might even move down there kind of temporarily like half you know have a shared address with some other actors yeah because you know they the the state gets extra money for hiring local people oh gotcha so there's incentive money so i'm like "Mm." and i just met this other actor from denver who he moved down there and gobbled up all the credits he could and he he booked almost every television show except for longmire wow Um, so uh, he, and he, he said the reason he moved down there was because the, the, one of the top casting directors said, you should move down here. And she just said the same thing to me uh, on an audition I recently did. Nice. Um, so I'm like, hmm, mm, maybe. Sweetie, do you mind if I'm gone half the time? <laughs> so, um, yeah, I tell my wife. So she, my wife's super supportive. She's like, go for it. Nice. Well, that, that kind of leads into a couple of questions while you were talking. How does acting kind of scratch that creative itch relative to stand-up comedy or is is there any analog comparison there or is it vastly different for you creatively as far as what what you get out of it as an as a as an artist it's very different it's very different because when you do stand-up you're doing you're you're the writer the producer the, the actor you're all the things right so now you become part of an ensemble and one of the biggest mistakes that a lot of uh, comedians switching over to acting do, they think they think it's all about them. Yeah. And that's how you get fired. <laughs> right, <laughs> You right. know, because you don't. It's not about you. Uh, it's about the job, the whatever movie or a scene or a, just a commercial spot. It's about that thing. So you, once you know that, then, you know, I know how to bite my tongue when there's a beautiful little nugget of comedy just waiting right. to come out. I'm like, ah, mm, they're not going to appreciate this. Now, did you learn that the hard way or did you just sort of pick up on, okay, I'm just a player here. I'm not. Well, tra- my, that very, that very first job that I did, yeah. um, you know, cause I was mic'd up and every time they would reset, 
I, you know, and I just failure, failure, failure was going through my head. And there was a pit crew, a real pit crew for one of the uh, IndyCar race teams, you know, resetting. They have to push this car in front of me before the boom camera comes across oh the track God. every single time. So when you reset, it's a big reset. Yeah. Um, and so one of those guys, you know, was like, geez, man, it's one line, <laughs> you know, something like that. Just like just <laughs> jabbing me in the heart. And right. so I'm like, oh. And so, you know, at the beginning of the morning when we showed up on set, you know, they're like, Dan, uh, just we just want a flunky type of dude. You, 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 the look you have right now is perfect. Your audition was perfect. So we're just going to really underplay this and just really soft sell. I'm like, OK, this sounds like a piece of cake. But, well, when you get going, you don't know it. But when they get in the editing bay, editing bay, they want options. Right, right. So I'm, I'm thinking I'm just doing one thing and I'm going to do that one thing every single take. They were like, Dan, do it bigger. Dan, do it. Dan, do it. Everything was, you know, change it, change it, do something different. And I'm just like, oh, man, I don't know. They, the guy said this morning that he wanted to just underplayed, you know. And, and so one time when they were pushing back in the, the truck and resetting the, the car and um, I'm just like, I looked at this, the, the guy who was out in LA and I'm just like, I just wish one person would tell me what the fuck to say. Right. Just one exactly. fucking person. And then he kind of points to my collar. Like I had a microphone on. So the guy, the sound guy looks, you know, he's got the cans on his ears and he just <laughs> puts a thumbs up and he's like, I got you. <laughs> I'm like, oh shit. I just, oh yeah. Oh, this is what a mess. And so it cut to about six months later. I was doing an audition, you know, at a, at a completely different place for the particular client that was hiring the actors. And so they, you walk in, they're like, hey, Dan, tell us about yourself and blah, 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 what have you been doing? And I'm like, yeah, I, I did a national spot, you know, recently. That was my first thing. And they're like, oh, what was it? And I'm like, uh, it's for a company called Grill to Go. And they're like, oh, we shot that. Oh, yeah. And they're like, Dan, thanks for coming in. Thanks for coming in. So, yeah, I mean, you learn. That's how I learned. Right, A right. huge mistake. But, you oh, know, my gosh. It cost me some more work. But, um, oh, man. But it's a very different. It's, it's, it's a different reward. Yeah. You know, it's a very, it's a very delayed effect to see. Um, kind of the immediacy of what you're doing relative to a guy. Yeah, a, a guy just, uh, a friend of mine, um, a comedian. He's a, he also races cars. He just uh, sent me a, a thing. He saw an ad I did in a magazine. And he's like, "Oh, way to go, man! Way to go!" And he's, I'm like, "I didn't. I did that. Sh- I shot that like a year and a half ago. That's so far That's back. Crazy, yeah." And, he, and like he 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 texted me the picture of the magazine, and I already have the hard copy because I I kept in touch with the client and hadn't sent it to me. So he texts me. He's like, "Way to go!" And then he's like. Do you, and then he takes a picture of the girl who's on the inside of the magazine on the other side. She's a pretty hot chick. He's like, do you know her? <laughs> I'm like, I don't know if I do. <laughs> Just let me, let me ask you this. When you close the magazine, are we having sex? <laughs> He's like, dang, man, you're killing it in 2D. <laughs> like, yes, I nice. am. <laughs> nice. Don't well, tell my wife. <laughs> and that's actually the next question I had for you. Like balancing marriage and family and the day life my wife and i we got married a little late uh tried to have kids but didn't weren't able to naturally we weren't going to go with the in vitro stuff so we are childless um so that makes it a little easier you know for this lifestyle right 
Um, my wife is gainfully employed. Um, she's the stable one. I'm the one who's like, oh, it's a good month. It's a bad month. It's a good month. You know? <laughs> right. um, so, but it leaves a, little, a lot more freedom for me to do the acting stuff. Nice. Um, so she's very supportive with that. So I, I lucked out. Very cool. Yeah, I know, no, I know so many comics that, you know, they have to be the breadwinner. They have to be at least as good as their spouse. And it's like, it's a tough thing to do in this, you know, it's a doggy dog world, you know. If you don't have the game plan. Right, right. Then, then you're going to struggle. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, Dan Davidson, it was a pleasure meeting you, man. Very nice meeting You've you. You've got a uh, show here in a couple minutes, and you got the weekend here at Looney's. Let's do this. So I'm going to cut you loose. All right, I appreciate it. All right, man, enjoy it. your Thanks, weekend. Man. Thanks. Thanks. So there you have it, actor and stand-up comedian Dan Davidson. A big thanks to Dan for taking time out before his headlining weekend at Looney's to be on the show. I'll look forward to catching Dan on the big screen in the very near future. My thanks to Eric and the folks at Looney's Comedy Corner for their continued support. And as always, thank you for listening to In the Springs. Be sure to follow In the Springs on Twitter at RPL underscore MetaJunk. Until next time, I'm Ryan Lowry, and we'll see you again right here in the springs.